Hello everyone, Merry Flippin' 2021. I am trying my best not to swear as much because the last episode was a little over the top. I was swearing pretty much every other word, so I want to lower that a little bit because, wow, Lisa, just wow. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone is glad that 2020 is over, but... Just also, if you didn't lose anyone super close to you or you um, still have your business and you still have your livelihood and everything like that, try to remember that, like, you're lucky. There are just tons of people out there who literally lost everything, including loved ones, including their business, their livelihood, don't know how to feed their children, like, their entire world is flipped upside down. And I know I consider myself very lucky that myself and everyone I love, you know, didn't lose their jobs. And, you know, we're very, we're just very lucky. Um, so uh, yeah, 2020 was an interesting year. It was not a great year for the world just in general. Wow. There's a lot going on. Um, but I definitely had a a mix of good and bad. It was honestly better for me than some of the years before. Um, yeah, so this episode, though, I want to talk about kind of reflections. I didn't know what to do for this episode. And I was like, it's January 3rd. What are you doing with your life, Lisa? Maybe let's recap 2020 and then see where we're at now and also what you kind of want for 2021 especially to do with OCD and anxiety and stuff like that so that is what we're gonna do okay I'm sorry I had to put that one in there simply because my last episode my boyfriend was doing a little jab maybe a little chuckle to himself because of my transitions in the last one he's like no i'm not making fun of you and it didn't know you could do that um so i told him like yeah i can do it and i can put the sound of a cow in so there's that for you babe i hope you enjoyed it okay so i'm just gonna go kind of through 2020 i guess in order of timeline because that's what makes sense um again I have no rhyme or plan for these episodes which is really interesting because I'm a planner but I really don't want this to be another thing that I get anxiety over I'm not looking at how many people are listening following rating I I don't want this to be something that adds stress to my life this is something that is supposed to be good for my anxiety and good for me to talk through. So I'm sorry if it's jumbled. Hopefully you get entertained by it. But to start with 2020, I I mean, looking back, you know, things are, God, I can make an awful joke right now and be like, it's 2020, it's hindsight. But well, there it is. I mean, I guess I made it and not well. But looking back, I was very depressed. I don't want to say like on the brink of suicide. I mean, at the start of 2020, I had already been going to therapy for a few months. I was getting better, but I definitely started out very depressed, but it was, I want to say it was a year of realization for me. Um, and definitely growth 
in the last half. So I want to say like the first half was realization and coming to term with things. And the last half was really growth and pushing my boundaries and my challenges, like challenging me with things that I obviously really struggle with on a daily basis. Um, but I rather, I mean, I rather deal with anxiety and OCD than depression because depression, it's just such a black hole. I literally was numb. I hate it. Like I rather feel every emotion with my anxiety than feel nothing like I do with depression. Um, it's the difference between a black and white world and a color world. Um, but I mean, I was so depressed that I, I mean, I avoided, I avoided everything. I avoided loved ones. I avoided gatherings. I I dreaded getting together with my family, even though they were my biggest supporters, like, and it was, I mean, it was really for, for one reason. I mean, my the reason I was ashamed to go out in public and to be even around my biggest supporters and the people who love me more than anything unconditionally was because of my weight. I'd gotten so depressed and, and lacked so much confidence that I didn't see a way out with my weight. Like I had gone up and down for a few years ever since graduating college and finally, like the last time I gained weight back, like I couldn't keep it off. I would yo-yo like four times. I would get down. I'd go back up, get down, go back up. This time I was like, I didn't see any way out. And I just thought, I remember trying on clothes that I couldn't fit into anymore and being like, even if I lost the weight, like how does, how, how can I, how could I fit back in this? Like it was just, I, I could not see a way out. And it was, it was horrible. And I, I avoided gatherings. I avoided seeing friends. I was so embarrassed, so ashamed. And, and I felt so like self-confident around friends and family, but especially family. And that's not, it is not their doing. Like they did nothing wrong. They were nothing but supportive and loving. So if they do listen to this, like, I don't want anyone to think that they needed to do anything different. They did. They did it. It was all me. Like, my entire family, the the women, and my mom will say, like, she's she had to work on her weight her whole life. She didn't. She, The woman eats, like, four pistachios for breakfast and is full. She has a great body for someone in her 60s. She's always had a great body. My aunt has always had a great body. My sister literally gives birth and then has the freaking Vs, like, the, the next day. She's amazing. I don't know what goes on with her metabolism, but every woman in the world wants her metabolism. It's astonishing. My cousin has the most beautiful little body ever. She looks like Ariana Grande. It's ridiculous. And then there I was like a heifer. I would literally look in the mirror and like be like, you're a heifer, you're a cow, you're a whale. I thought I was disgusting, especially because I was in shape my whole life. And I just, I never had to worry about eating anything. I mean, I don't want this podcast to turn into like a weight loss or a weight, whatever podcast, but just explaining why I was so depressed. It was my weight gain. Like, and I mean, it wasn't just my weight gain, but that definitely 
played a huge role. I lacked so much confidence because of my weight gain and I just saw no way out. Um, I was, I was with someone who, who never caused me anxiety. OCD did cause fights, but it was very rare. It was about things like DVDs, kitchen stuff, not being put back, like just things not being put back. It wouldn't, I mean, we fought maybe like twice a year and it was, I mean, they were like little arguments last two minutes, which is also a sign for me if I'm not fighting with you. I mean, I'm not saying like it's good to fight all the time because it's not, but if, if like we're never fighting, like it's just, you have arguments about like, like what the fuck you want to eat for dinner? You know, like if I'm not fighting with you in any way, like bickering, whatever, I, there's no passion left. Like literally it means I don't care. Like, because there are things that are going to come up that are going to take you off in a relationship. And if you just go, oh, God, it's not even worth it. Like, I just don't care. That's a problem. That is a problem. But eventually, like, I was so depressed. I Yeah, I didn't care anymore about him not putting the DVDs back. I'm like, whatever. I, I didn't care anymore about anything, even my OCD habits. He loved me. Though, like, no matter what, which is, I mean, it's great. Like, you want unconditional love, but it was never, there was never a challenge. There was no more passion anymore. There was, I never had growth with him. Like, it was easy, but it was, like, too easy. There was no growth ever in the relationship for me, which is not something I think you ultimately want. Like I want someone who's going to push me and not push me in an unhealthy way or push me past my boundaries or past my, past my like limitations and stuff. But there, there was no, it was very complacent and that wasn't good for me. There was no passion either. So one of the main reasons that we broke up was we didn't have sex for five years and I, you know, I'm really trying to avoid using names in this podcast because it's not about them. This is about me. Um, but there was no sex for five years and it was because, you know, to put it bluntly, he suffered from a mental illness as well, but that, that mental illness affected his confidence in a way where he just couldn't be sexually active. And I was very supportive, very patient, obviously five years, but I obviously reached, um, my point, um, which was a very hard decision to make, but I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit, I think. So I was just, I mean, to like, I would all the way from like October, 2019 through June, like 2020, I had a horrible work-life balance. I was working 16 to 18 hours a day and it wasn't even like, how do I explain it? Like there are times where I would work honestly until 3am and then wake back up at 6am and work again. Like it was, it was totally gross. It was gross. It was, it was horrible. There was a ton of work to be done. I was overworked for sure, but I also kind of chose it in a way depression had me using work and social media as excuses to like avoid dealing with my health and my relationship. Like I gave up on myself. I gave up on my personal life. So I put everything I had into my work and my photography and like my social media and traveling. And I used those as excuses to not lose weight and to not deal with the reality of my relationship at the time. And 
I obviously came to those conclusions, but it took me a long time and it wasted a lot of my years. And I don't want to sound like a fucking raging woman, but we have a timeline and I wasted very, very, very critical years, 25 to 30 years old with my biological clock really because of like fear, I guess just fear fucking is debilitating to people. But the more time went on, I, I mean, I asked myself, especially when it came to like my relationship, could I do this forever? Could I be in a relationship for forever where I didn't have sex? Like I, I mean, I was going to have to do IVF anyway, because I have a genetic disease that I don't want to pass on to my children. But so the question was, could I never have sex again? Could I be happy never having sex again? And I was like, holy fucking shit. Um, no, like, I don't think so. Like, I'm not a cheater. Like, like, I can't, I can't cheat. I'm like way too loyal for that. So I was like, holy shit. You know, I was terrified though. Like terrified to make that decision. Like, do I, he's a good man. We're stable. He gives me everything that I want, like not materialistic things. Cause that's not the kind of person I am, but like, I mean, he just, he supports me. He gets along with my family. Like, you know, he's a, a good partner. He'd be a good dad. He checked boxes except a very important one. And that was romance and passion and a healthy sex life and all that. And I didn't realize at the time how emotionally starved I was. I mean, I really like looking back, I was so numb to it. Like I had no idea how emotionally starved I was. And now it's like, holy, holy popsicle stick. Like my man now is having to deal with that and it's not fair to him, but like, I'll get, I'll get to that in the future. But fuck, I was emotionally starved. And now like I, I'm needing it in like droves. Um, but he was, I mean, looking back, I mean, he, he, he was a best friend and he will always be a best friend. I think like, he's a good man. We get along like, but we were always meant to just be best friends. There was, I don't think I was ever in love with him looking back at things. And it's hard to say, you know, it's hard to admit that and say that, but you know, talking with my aunt today, you know, she said the same thing. She's like, I never saw it. She's like, there's one time I saw you guys like even touch each other. And that was just like you sitting in his lap because there really was no other room during a holiday event. And I'm like, yeah, they never saw us hold hands, hug, kiss. Like, and that was, I mean, it was part of like his mental illness, but it also was like, I was okay with it, but like, it's not what I need. Like what I need in a relationship, I'm such an affectionate person like very, very, very affectionate. I kiss my current boyfriend all over the face, like all, like just all over his head. I always want to be touching him. I want to be kissing him. I love to like rub his head, rub his ears. Like I just, I'm a very like affectionate person. And looking back, like I just ignored that need because of comfort. And I hate, I hate that I got comfortable and that I was afraid to leave that comfort zone, but that's just the reality. Um, what made me leave though, is I really sat down with myself and we had started therapy. Like I had broken off the engagement and I, you know, we both started therapy. He was only going once a month though. I was going twice a month. He was only going once a month 
And, you know, he said his therapist just didn't have enough time to see him more than that. But I think it was just a lack of trying. He also had stated to me and my family that he was willing to take medications, a variety of ones if they would help. And then six months down the road, you know, he told me that he wasn't willing to take them anymore. And I was like, well, fuck, that's news to me. Like how much, you know, he loves me, but I think he had just, his mental illness is not one you can fix and it's not one you can grow from. Um, but I think that he used that as an excuse for himself to say, you know, this is who I am. This is it. Like, you know, maybe I'll get my sex drive back. Maybe I won't, but I'm not willing to take pills because it might alter me in a way that I don't like. And it was like, okay, I'm never going to make you take medication. Like I'm never going to give you an ultimate. I'm not an ultimatum girl. I'm very supportive girlfriend. So for him to say he was not willing to take it, I said, okay, like I'm never going to give you an ultimatum, take it or I'm not with you. It is what it is. He made his decision. And then I ended up making my decision a couple months later. And so I remember to myself after my first boyfriend. So before my current one, I had two serious boyfriends. Both of them were extremely long and extremely serious. But my first one was very unhealthy. I always put it as like, we loved each other too much. There was a lot of jealousy. We were younger. There was a lot of control on both sides. It just wasn't a good one. And after that, I made three promises to myself. I was not going to lose friends because I lost every single friend. He, he literally cut every friend out of my life. Um, and I shouldn't say he. I mean, I made the decision too. I let him control me. Um, I wasn't going to derail my life. It was right before college. And so I told myself I was not going to have a boyfriend in college because I didn't want to take away from my studies. Um, and then it... I needed a healthy sex life. My third promise to myself was that I needed to have a healthy sex life because my first boyfriend, I, we had sex, but it was like not enjoyable. And I, listen, we can be like, oh, sex is not that important at the end of the day. No, sex is freaking important. Okay. You're romantically attracted to your partner for a reason. And that needs to stay consistent throughout your relationship. Otherwise that's a problem. It's a problem. And so I sat down and I was like, well, I'm definitely not lifting up to my third promise to myself. And am I okay with not keeping promises to myself? No, I don't think I am. I don't like not keeping promises to myself. And I was like, it's been five years. Like, holy shit. That's, that's a long time to not be getting any out of a seven year relationship. And, and then I, and then my, my, my big realization was I realized even if he worked on himself and did everything that I needed, if he all of a sudden was affection, he all of a sudden like could have sex and it was great. I didn't want it anymore. I had lost it. I had lost the attraction. I had, I just, it was too late. I couldn't grow, grow back those feelings. And so I knew like, I, th- I knew I had to break it off. And so I did, you know, I sat him down and it was very, very, very cold cordial, you know, and, and again, his mental illness makes it extremely cordial. It was, all right, what do we need to do from here? We have this lease. All right, let's finish out the lease. You know, neither of us want to end on bad terms or bad finances. We want to support each other. Nothing has really changed when we're together. It's still, you know, we talk cordial. We're still supportive of each other. He's told me when he moves back to his home state, like, He's going to, like, if I ever need help, 
you know, my car breaks down, I'm shit all up with money. Like, he'll help me. Like, I mean, he's such a good man and he cares for me because of his mental illness. He really doesn't have a lot of people close to him and he, he values me. He, he sees a value in me that I not only could put up with his mental illness, but it didn't bother me. And I supported him through it. And I think he saw value in that and we get along. And that's also, he gets annoyed very easily by people. And he just, he values me as a human being. And I'm appreciative of that. Like I appreciate that there's someone who cares about me to not let a breakup ruin our friendship and everything like that. And we've been good ever since the breakup. Um, as soon as the breakup happened, I immediately jumped into working on myself. I wanted a better work-life balance. I lost a ton of weight. Not the healthiest weight. Like, not the healthiest way. I mean, I haven't always had a good relationship with food. I binged eat. I would go on extreme diets. Like, the first few weeks I lost the weight, I didn't eat anything. And, you know... I mean, this part might be a little TMI and my mom might be a little angry at me for this one, but I remember like telling my mom like, oh, look, I've lost like 10 pounds in a week. And she's like, well, how'd you do that? I was like, oh, I'm not eating and I'm walking a lot. And she's like, Lisa, um, what do you like? Why? And I'm like, I need to get it off. Like I need, I'm going to be completely frank here. Okay. You lose weight for whatever reason you want. People will try to tell you, you do it for yourself fuck that. If that is not what is going to get you to lose the weight, then fuck that shit. And that was not what was going to work for me. Losing it for myself was not it. Losing it to get dick is what was going to like lose it for me. I'm just being honest. And so I told her, I'm like, listen, I've got a timeline. I'm losing it. I need, I need sex. I'm a 30 year old woman deprived of sex for five years. Um, my sex drive is in overdrive. This is the prime of my life. I want sex. And she was like, well, and I shit you not. She goes, well, you're not going to get dick if you're dead. And I about lost it. She's a fucking like 62 year old Italian woman. And I've never heard her utter those words in my life. And I was dying, dying. Um, my entire family, we're very close. We're all TMI. It's the way it is. But I literally was like, well, then I'll be skinny in my coffin. She did not think that was funny either. Let me tell you. But yeah, no, I didn't lose the weight the, for myself. I mean, it was a great, it's great for me. It was great for my health, great for my kidneys, great for my liver, like just great for everything. But I lost it because I wanted to have sex again. And I wanted to have a good body for that sex. Like, sorry, that's just the truth. Um, yeah. But then like a few months later, so I started losing the weight very rapidly, walking a lot. I obviously ended up eating, just eating better salads, chicken and salads, chicken and pesto and chicken and eggs, or I'm sorry, chicken and pesto and pesto and eggs were like my go-to meals. Pesto is super healthy amazing. Chicken is great for you. Eggs are great for you. Salads are great for you. Uh, yum. Um, 
but a few months, like I started getting my confidence back and everything, had super supportive friends. My family was being amazing, walking a lot, feeling good. And I started like then talking to guys, like going on uh, Hinge and Tinder and blah, blah, and started talking to guys and getting a sense of like what dating world was like. I mean, I'm so ignorant too. I'm super old school too. Like I, yeah, it just, wow. I don't really do hookups. I, I did like college was a different time for me. Now, like I don't do hookups. I'm a very, when I'm dating, I'm very serious. If I'm dating you, I'm monogamous right away. Like even if we're not official and I'm the type that expects to be official, if, if like, we know that this is going somewhere, just be official. Like I just, yeah, it's just the way I am. And I don't like, I, I guess I, I don't know what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting anything. Like I was just talking to guys. I honestly thought like, maybe I'll hook up, like maybe nothing serious, you know, blah, blah. But then like my current partner, like hit me like a fucking ton of bricks. Like there was so much about, I don't like his profile that, God, we we had so little in common, but it intrigued me for some reason. And like, he didn't put his face, like, I, I, I didn't know what he looked like. I didn't know if I'd be attracted to him. Like, I, oh my God, he just like hit me like a ton of fucking bricks. I had spoken to a few men, but if they don't catch my attention literally right away, it's done for me. Like there's no getting it back. I'm done. I have no interest in talking to you a second time. There were a couple others, you know, but he was, I don't know. Like he intrigued me. I still don't know. Like I just knew though, the second I read his profile, there was something about him like, wow, I really have no reason to be talking to you. We don't have a lot in common, but I really appreciate the way he wrote his profile, the pictures that he did have up. I also like was intrigued by I, I, I like that he didn't, he didn't go to like talk. He wasn't like talking about sex or trying to get to that stuff. Like even remotely right away, like nothing remotely right away like that. He was very, he was very, very patient and persistent and consistent. Like the consistency is key for me. He was intriguing. We ended up having a lot in common things that he didn't originally put on his profile we end up having a lot of things in common we both went to the same college we both lived in the same state like his his entire backstory intrigued me movies just lots of things in common um culture just very very surprising and he was also very communicative like communicative he would call me like snap video call me like four times a day for like an hour each and I love that like I love talking a lot I love seeing the person I just I love that and I knew before I met him like I had fallen for him before I even met him just because of just certain things and then when I met him I was I mean after that first weekend together like I was instantly in love I mean I tell him it all the time I have no shame my feelings are my feelings and everything like that, but like, I, I can't change my feelings. So I was instantly head over heels and have been ever since. And it's a great feeling. I, I love being in love. There's nothing wrong with it. 
Um, but he definitely won me out. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting anything like super serious, especially so quickly. And I wasn't expecting it with him. Like when we first, when our, when we first crossed, crossed paths, like I was like, wow, like, I don't know that anything is going to come of this, but he just hit me like a fucking storm and he won me over. So, um, congrats to you, babe. I know you're listening, but you won me over. Um, but the second half of the year brought on anxiety and OCD and everything. He, because of past relationships, he had gotten screwed. And we both know we're not supposed to let past relationships, you know, kind of influence our current ones. But it happens. And it happens with me and it happens with him. Because of his past relationships, he wanted to take things very slow. And I'm not a slow person. When I know, I know. And so it really gave, he he did not want to be official, quote unquote, even though we both agreed, like we were not seeing other people or not the type of people. He did not want to be official. And that scared me. I, I just, I'm a big person on like security and safety and feeling, you know, like trust in a relationship. And he didn't want to be official for a while. And that really shook me. Like, my two previous relationships, we were official right away. I really like that. I'm afraid of losing him. And that, you know, after talking with my aunt today, she's like, you're afraid of losing him because you love him so much. You know how much it would hurt to lose him. And I hate to say it, but it's like, I've lost a lot of, like my, I lost my dad when I was very young. My first partner, like, cheated on me and left me. And left me in a way that was horrible. He cheated on me and then left me after years together, not even giving me a text message or a phone call. Like he just stopped talking after years of being together. And then of course we dated again. We dated two more times after that. It was a mess. It was unhealthy, like I said. And I've been horribly betrayed by three best friends in my life. Like I haven't had a lot of best friends. I've probably had seven or eight, and three of them have betrayed me in horrible ways. Um, I'm, I have no shame about, I was raped by one of them and then stalked for seven years. But that betrayal fucking, like, blindsided me. Um, the other best friend was actually his fucking girlfriend, and she was my best friend for at that time, 16 years, 15 years. And I had introduced them. Um, and when he did that, she stopped talking to me because she didn't believe me. Um, and then my best friend of 11 years who I, we were inseparable. I, I like this one still hurts me, but she, I don't want to go into it too much, but she also just, she cut everyone out of her life. Um, and every single friend she had, not just me, every single friend, she changed her phone number, everything. I'll get into it. I'm sure in another episode, but that one shook me to the core because it was someone I never thought I would lose. And I don't know why I should never think I'm losing someone because I've lost so many people, but I really never thought I was losing her and I, and I lost her. Um, and it still gets me. I hear songs and I start crying and it's been over a year since I've spoken to her. I catch myself sending her text messages to a phone number that doesn't exist anymore. I'll try calling her. It doesn't exist. I, it's sad and it's horrible, but because of 
those issues, I've, it's now affecting my current relationship. I am terrified of him leaving me or me losing him. And it causes me anxiety and it's not healthy. It's not fair to him. And I know it's not healthy for me. It's, it's a lose lose. It doesn't help me and it doesn't help him and it doesn't help, help us. Um, I know that with time it'll die down, but it is hard. Like I know with time I'll be able to trust more. I'll feel more secure in it and everything like that, but it's hard on, on me. It's hard on him and it's hard on us. And I'm really fighting every single day not to let it bother me. And I didn't realize too, that like my confidence had taken such a hit with my last relationship. So I'm afraid of losing him because I've lost others very close to me, but I'm also afraid of losing him because my confidence is down because of my latest ex not being touched for five years. is going to mess with your confidence, even though I lost all this weight. And sometimes I have like, okay, so it cut me off there because apparently on this, I reached my recording limit for like a one go around my bad. So this is a long episode of just me talking a lot. I'm so sorry. I ramble. I should probably have some kind of plan for these. Um, but yeah, sometimes I have moments where my confidence is like, girl, you are a fucking bomb. Like you're stable. You've got a career. You're smart. You're beautiful. You're family oriented. Like you've worked on your body. You've worked on your health. You're working on your mental health. You love your family. You love being an aunt and a sister, a daughter, a niece. Like you're a good friend. Like you're educated. You pay your bills. Like I'm like, oh girl, you are fucking awesome. But then I obviously have moments where I'm like, oh my God, I'm unworthy. Like you, I mean, you get it. I'm sure you freaking get it. But it's hard for me then. My OCD, like I said on the last one, you know, right now is dealing with, you know, his social media a lot and thinking like he's going to leave me. And so, you know, it's, it's painful to see him like others, like, and, you know, I know talking with my aunt and stuff, you know, it, it helped, it's helpful and something I want to work on for 2021, but you know, I, it doesn't feel good. Like, even if like, even if you're not the jealous person and you don't have OCD, seeing your partner like other women, like, even if they don't mean it, like even sexually, like it just, it hurts. Like it doesn't, it hurts your heart. It hurts. It hurts to see them like other people like, like that, I guess. Like, you know, I, I understand like he's not sitting there being like, oh my God, I wish I was with that girl or anything, which is great, but it doesn't make me feel good. It just, it doesn't make me feel good without going too much into it and rambling on and on. Like it just, it hurts. That's all I can say. I don't know what else to say about that, but I know it's something I have to work on. Like I know my lack of confidence it doesn't help the situation at all. And I, I mean, like I said in my last one, I don't feel like he should really be doing that stuff any, anyway. Like I feel like it's disrespectful, but at the end of the day, I should be confident enough in myself to be like, you know what? Fuck you. Like I'm amazing. And if you don't fucking realize that and you want someone else, fuck you. Like 
that should really be how I am at the end of the day. And I have my moments like that for sure. And I'm going to work on myself until I'm like that all the fucking time. But 2020 was definitely crazy for me personally. Like, you know, I've been through some things emotionally this year, but overall it was, it was a year of realization and growth. Like it was a good year for me. My work life balance got much better, closer with my family and friends again. I'm with a man who I know loves me and he challenges me, challenges me. And I know he would never want to hurt me. Like I know the relationship is new, so we both have things to work on, but I think we both know that we're both lucky to have each other and we're both willing to work on ourselves for one another. I mean, at least I know I am like, I know that I'm lucky to have him and I know that I'm willing to work on myself for him and for me. And I hope he feels the same. I hope he feels lucky to be with me and I hope he's willing to work on himself for me and for us. Um, yeah, I think that kind of wraps up 2020. So I kind of want to go into like 2021 and like where I'm at currently. Um, So where I'm at right now, um, I'm obviously having good days and bad days. I'm constantly trying to tell myself though, like, do not check his stuff. Do not, don't hurt yourself. First of all, all it does is like when you do validate your feelings, all it does is hurt yourself. Like all you're doing there is hurting yourself when you see he likes something or whatever, like like something that like hurts you. All, why, like why hurt yourself? I mean, I'm either, I'm either, I either just have to assume he's doing it, which hurts me, or I have to assume that he's not doing it. And I just have to stop checking because it's not good to obsess. I don't want to hurt myself. I'm trying to constantly remind myself, you know, they compartmentalize. Well, fuck, I can't say that word. But then I have my moments where I go back and I'm like, oh my God, I need to see if he doesn't want to hurt me. Why does he do it? Does he really care about my feelings if he does continue to do it? Like OCD is a fucking bitch and it's never logical. And I'm trying to remember that. And I'm trying to like always remind him about that. But I, I am fighting. Like, I feel like I can see myself fighting every day to fight the OCD and fight the anxiety and fight the, the bad habits, like that, the unhealthy habits. Um, One thing that he's been doing that he did and does or whatever, like, one thing that does help is like in the middle of like a spike in my anxiety and OCD where it has the potential to start a fight or an argument. He, he asked me once, he's like, is this your anxiety? And it like, it took me like, it was like a moment I had to sit there and think like, fuck, is this my anxiety? And then am I causing an argument right now? Like, am I causing an argument? It was like, fuck, like, you know, it made me stop. And it was like, all right. And so he had this idea and it was honestly, I can't even explain to him how much it means to me and my family, like multiple, like my family, my family loved it. Like it might be the, the number one thing that's won them over so far, but that he made me a sign. And I think I'm going to make it like the avatar picture of this episode, but it literally says like anxiety time. And he made it with like hot glue, mind you, and stickers 
and he hawked, he's the most, he was so fucking adorable. He would never admit it how like sensitive he is and how sentimental, how romantic he is and how caring, but he is super, super sentimental and sweet and stuff like that. But he made this sign and I'm supposed to lift it up and on the back of the sign. So like when I look up inside, it says anxiety time. So he knows anxiety has hit and I need help. And, and I don't want to fight. And so I'm supposed to lift it up and on the back. So when I see it, it's a picture of a raccoon and a dog. And he calls me trash panda because I can eat me meat, meat. And it just like has all these stickers like love and hearts and stuff like that. So that I remember like he loves me, like he adores me, all that to try to help my anxiety. But it was literally the cutest thing like ever that he, you know, as a little bit, he's very, very, very funny, which is the biggest thing like the fact that he makes me laugh so much is the biggest thing that like attracts me to him but the fact that he sat there and did it showed me that like he cares about me and us like he doesn't want to fight i don't want to fight he wants to help my anxiety like him he bought me this microphone for the podcast like he wants to help me and he wants me to better myself and he wants our relationship to work and I love that. Like I could cry. Honestly, I'm not going to cry. I'm going to keep it together. But it was so sweet. And it honestly meant the world to me. And I don't think he realizes that because I'm, my therapist says I'm very cute when my anxiety hits. I like to hide my emotions with like cuteness. And I don't think he really understands what him supporting me through my anxiety like means to me because it's scary. Like for people who suffer with anxiety, it's, scary it's overwhelming it's like afraid like I'm very afraid in those moments and that he cares enough really meant a lot to me but I'm gonna like get myself together for a second like what I want for 2021 I want to be realistic number one I want to be more confident in my body I want to start volunteering again things took a pause at the animal shelter that I volunteered at and I'm hoping that picks back up. But I also want to get back involved with human rights because that really like helping other people is literally what makes me happy. Whether that's like friends, family, teammates, my partner, and strangers. Like it's literally just what like makes me feel whole. Um, as far as work, I want to keep that closer to the chest. But I do want to be happier with the place I'm at as far as work goes. I'm happy with my work and my work ethic. It's just the situation itself needs to change a little bit. For my OCD and anxiety, I want to get better with it. I don't think I'm ever going to recover from OCD and anxiety, but I can certainly be better. I can certainly deal with it better and in a healthier way. Um, I want to get to the point where I don't feel an itching need to check his pages or what he's doing on social media. That's a big one. I want to get to a point where it's not always a worry that he'll leave me in the back of my head. I don't want to be constantly worrying in the back of my head. Why have I heard from him in eight hours? Like, does he still love me? Did he decide in these last eight hours that he doesn't want to be with me anymore? Those are real thoughts. And I want to get that away. I don't, every hour, like it's unhealthy for me and it's not good for us. Uh, financially, I want to keep saving for the life that I want. I want to keep traveling, especially if COVID allows, I would love to finally get to Italy. I want to be the best and most supportive auntie and daughter, sister and niece and friend that I can be. 
I want to be the best dog and cat mom ever and continue to see them happy and healthy. I want to fight every day for my relationship and I want to keep the passion alive no matter what. I want to keep going on date nights. I want to support him and his dreams and also support myself and continue to give him so much love. And I want to keep having so many laughs with him every day. And I hope in return, the people in my life, my loved ones, employers, friends, family, my boyfriend, they appreciate me and love me and support me and help me when I need it. My mom says that one of my biggest faults is that I put myself last to the point that I'm no longer taking care of myself. So I want to work on that. That is one thing I want to work on this year. And I want to, you know, continue to try to better myself. And I also hope that those that love me will take care of me in return. You know, like, especially when they see I'm not doing it for myself. So like, I want to support them and I hope they support me back. I mean, they always do, but I just want to make sure like, I sometimes forget to take care of myself because it makes me happy to take care of others. So I hope the others in my life want to take care of me in return and go like, hold on, like, do we need a pause? Do we need a rest day here? Like, babe or sister, like, do you need a break? Like, let's go out to lunch. Like, whatever it is, I just want that in return too. Yeah, so um, that was a long freaking episode. I don't know if anyone's going to listen to this, but I mean, I'm going to listen to it because it's actually been helpful. Like the last episode, it was helpful for me to hear my ramblings and go like, holy shit, like you sound crazy. Like that sounds crazy, Lisa. It's good for me to honestly play back and listen to it. So if you did listen, um, you deserve a fucking award and I love you. And yeah, I don't know when the next episode will be probably in a few days or a week. Um, I hope you enjoy this. Maybe like, maybe it's entertaining for you. Maybe it's funny. I don't know. Um, hopefully it helps me. I think it is helping. I think it's good for me to get it out there. Um, yeah, I don't know what the next episode will be on. We will find out. I do want to do an episode though on like the music that helps me in certain situations. Cause you know, I said last episode music can help or hurt. I do think it's important. Like I do want to share the the music that does help me in, in certain situations because I think it could help others. Maybe we'll see. Anyways, I hope you have a fabulous start to your 2021. Talk to y'all later.